1: Live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George in New York. I'm Bill Caligero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you listen, I hope you're doing all right. Got a busy show scheduled for you today. Uh, we may even open up the phone line. So if you've been uh, waiting to call in with your uh, questions, comments, concerns, or whatever, uh, don't forget uh, when I tell you. I'll give you the number, and we'll open up the lines. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria, an Italian restaurant located on St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out his website, www.sal'sneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, 912-268-2328. 912-268-2328. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by Billy C's, Triple G, Canelo, post fight show that's right approximately six minutes after the official uh, announcement is made Saturday night make sure you tune it in right here wherever you're watching or listening to the Billy C show and uh, we will be going live uh, with our post fight thoughts and then open up the phone lines and get all of your post fight this is uh, something we do uh, on a regular basis and we get some great calls uh, from all over the country and the world, as a matter of fact. Uh, so uh, join in the Reindeer Games. Don't be Rudolph and be left out. You know what I'm talking about. Billy C's Triple G, Canelo, post-fight show, Saturday night. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino From Bondage to Baddest Men on a Planet, is available right now, where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy of it literally right now while you're watching or listening to the show. Just uh, go to uh, barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Now, look, if you want a signed copy, don't worry about it. Just run into me, uh, not with your car. I mean, just if you happen to see me out uh, at an event, just come on up. I usually have uh, copies with me. Or if you just want to get a copy sent to you, I'll sign it. Just write what you want me to sign and just go to our website and click the book. You can't miss it. It's a big, 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 big. Big, big, big. You get the idea. It's on the front. Yeah, it's on the front page. Um, Today's main topic, you know, it's countdown week, man, for a fight that uh, we've been uh, looking forward to. We've been anticipating and uh, it's almost here. And of course, I'm talking about Triple G Canelo. Uh, Yes, I believe that this fight should have taken place uh, maybe uh, a year and a half to two years ago, but I'm glad it's here. Uh, great fighters do great things they challenge themselves and this is what we're getting from both of these fighters Triple G Canelo will be a fight that will be remembered you don't have to try to think about it you don't have to like you know who Can't none of his fights pop into your mind but I'll tell you what Triple G Canelo when you mention Triple G and Canelo this fight is going to pop into your mind and I will not be surprised if we end up at least with a rematch. Who knows? Maybe even a trilogy. Joining me right now from St. Simon's Island, without any power, without any water, but with a smiling face that you won't be able to see, because we got to get him on the uh, cell phone, my man, Sal Rocky Senacola. How's the candles holding up? How's the candles holding up?
0: out of candles. I'll tell you, wax on, wax off, man, <laughs> I'll tell you, I'm running out of wax, <laughs> I'll tell you, it's, uh, it's, it's been an experience, and, uh, you yeah, know, I'll tell you why, last night, I, I tried most of the afternoon yesterday, and finally, at about 7 o'clock last night, I succeeded, but I tried all day yesterday, venturing out into my car to get that, I'm all the way on the north tip of the island. I mean it's isolated. there is nothing you know, just a few residents up here and but that's it, and it's all woods far as it it's unbelievable it's like a jungle and when uh, I tried to drive and leave to go down to the pizzeria or get south, no matter what turn, no matter what road I took, trees crashing above this uh waters floods everything i couldn't I couldn't exit right I tried. Traversing. I tried going back. I tried every which way. I was getting out of my car, lifted heavy trees and branches and just moving them, going around. And finally, finally, finally at about 6 o'clock last night, I succeeded. I found a route, and I moved some trees, moved some brush, drove half up on this guy's lawn, and, <laughs> and got my way around. Only to find when I'm on the main road, the, why the power's out you got a huge humongous trees falling on the lines so that wiped the power out and uh, yeah, but it was it was crazy I felt like Neville in uh, in uh, I Am Legend trying to get back in time before dark so I'd find my way <laughs> and I had a I'm up here by myself it's amazing it really is it's, it's like isolation period plus
1: you know it's uh, it's a shame that, that you know that kind of stuff happens And I remember uh, where I am, believe it or not, we got hit with a hurricane uh, several years back, uh, Hurricane Irene. And I came to the conclusion, Sal, and I'm sure you can uh, relate to this. uh, You know, if any of these little countries want to take over the United States, it's real simple. Just knock out all of our power and sit back because in a week or so, we'll kill each other. I I mean, uh, people... Tell me they don't get ornery when they haven't taken a shower and they can't flush a toilet and you know uh, they walk in to buy a candle and instead of a, a dollar ninety nine it's fourteen dollars because of the gouging and all of this stuff. I mean, uh, it, it's true. Uh, people, people, their whole personalities change when when you can't uh, just do the things we take for granted every day, like flush a toilet.
0: No, it, no, it's so funny you should say that. Just to, just to take for granted. You know, there is no palatable water. We we have no water, zero. They say, they uh, there was a news flash on Facebook that it's, that it's not even safe. You can't even shower with the water that does come out if you have water. So uh, yeah, we uh, it it's a different it's a different mindset, really. It and you know, there is no stores open. Nothing's nothing's open. Everything's boarded up. So you know, today I'm I'm uh, anticipating we're going to see some signs of life coming back to the island. And I don't think they're even letting people back on the island yet. They have a re-entry process that's being posted. The end of the causeway was flooded. It was under about six feet of water, so people couldn't even uh, drive on or off. You were, uh, you know, it's like, it's like the Magnificent Seven, remember, uh, Yul Pritter, uh telling uh, uh, Eli Wallach, saying, these fences aren't made to keep you out. They're made to keep you in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Oh, geez. Well, so, uh, so. T- today's, uh, no, I know, it's, it's it's. Uh, I hope, uh, hope you guys get power back soon. And, hey, uh, Bill,
0: you know what, let me tell you something, I'm just grateful, it is what it is, because you know what, there's a lot of people, a lot worse off, and uh, that lost their homes, lost everything, and uh, lost some people, even lost their lives, so I'm, uh, I, that's why I'm smiling, that's why I'm happy, because. But, boy, I could have been a lot worse, and I thank God every day.
1: So let's talk about
0: this show. Let's talk about Canelo Alvarez and Triple G. That is the fight of the year. It's a fight I want to see. And I'm telling you this, Bill, this is going to be a fantastic fight, as you suggested. One that we're going to be able to recall with memory and say, hey, do you remember this? Do you remember that? And this may be the first of a trilogy. Who knows? But let's talk about it. Go ahead.
1: Thanks. Thanks, thanks for uh, thanks, thanks for throwing me that softball, Sal. I mean, you did you did well there. You did well. Um, I, uh, I, I clearly think it's it's going to be a fight that will be remembered. There's there's no question about it. And when you look at uh, this fight, and and uh, you know, the truth of the matter is, is we've been wanting this fight. The boxing fans have been wanting this fight. I mean, this is going back a couple of years now. You know, and and we all saw, you know, specifically up front and close the business side of boxing and why this fight didn't take place sooner um, than it ha- it is now. And, you know, I, when I bounce it off the wall, uh, you know, I, I say to myself, why? You know, I, I mean, I understand the business aspect. They try to, what they call, marinate and get the fight, more interest, more money, more this, more that. But I think that the interest level was equal now as it was two years ago. Um, I, I don't agree with the marination process um, in, in this particular fight. I, I think that these two guys were on a collision course. Um, they proved that that they were the best. I mean, Canelo went as far as skipping the middleweight. He wins the middleweight title, then refuses to fight Triple G when he even was a mandatory, goes up in weight uh, to fight at, at uh, super middleweight, and is against who Cesar Chavez Jr. And, and then you know at once all everything in his favor. You know, making it seem like he's the smaller guy. And the truth be told, I mean, yes, Triple G is slightly taller than Canelo when you look uh, at the uh, the height. I mean, Canelo is five foot nine, and, and Triple G is an inch and a half taller at five foot ten and a half. But when you see these guys stand next to each other, especially in the ring on Saturday night, you're gonna say, "Oh my God." You know, Canelo is the bigger man. And, you know, all these years that people say, you know, when when we were trying to get Floyd to do a manly thing and challenge himself and do like previous fighters that are considered all time greats did uh, and step up and fight a guy like Canelo, uh, I mean, uh, like uh, Triple G. Uh, you know, the answer was, oh, Floyd's just a little guy. You know, Triple G is so big, he should move up and fight uh, at light heavyweight or super middleweight. And, and I said to myself, no, because he's a small middleweight. When you saw him in there uh, against, you know, mediocre middleweights like Matthew Macklin and stuff, uh, or I mean, he wasn't a mediocre middleweight, but, I mean, uh, a, a guy that was a top-10 contender, you saw how small he was. I, I think that uh, that Canelo is the bigger guy and I think that the only uh, um, thing that he's, uh, you know, benefited from by by making this fight last a little longer is number one. I think that Canelo has gotten better. You know, making this fight, you know, wait, make us wait for this fight a little longer. I should say. I think Canelo has gotten better, and I think Triple G, uh, you know, he's battling Father Time, Sal. You know, and uh, uh, maybe the plan really was to try to hope that uh, that Triple G uh, lost the step. What do you think?
0: That's hard to say, Bill. You know, I I think, I don't know if that was the original intent from Canelo's camp inside as far as, let's wait and, wait and see if he ages a little bit a year or two. I mean, because, you know, like I said, we're talking about a short span of time for a fighter to be at his very best. And I'd have to say that uh, as Canelo Alvarez is approaching his peak years, I think uh, Triple G is still uh, maybe on the downward slope, but still in his peak years. And I think that uh, he's still uh, capable of showing us the best Triple G that he's ever shown us. And I think that's still in his heart. It's still in his mind. It's still in his body. It's still in his whole makeup. So, um i i agree this fight would have been a hell of a fight a year and a half two years ago when we first started talking about it but uh needless to say here we are now you have both these fighters maybe on the canelo alvarez side maybe they feel that the year uh, additional year may have slowed down triple g maybe the last couple of performances by triple g added to that confidence um I just think it would lull them into some kind of complacency, if anything. Uh, I still think that Triple G's got some great fights ahead of him, maybe two or three great fights in him. So this is going to be one of them. Uh, so here we are two years after the fact, when it was first discussed and mentioned, and I'm just grateful that uh, both fighters are here, both fighters are in shape, and both fighters have that desire, desire and the heart to win. So I think we're going to be uh, fortunate enough to see one hell of a fight, and I'm very excited about it. Good, bad, or indifferent, sooner or later, it's here. So uh, let's welcome it and applaud the both combatants.
1: Well, I, I, I disagree uh, with you on uh, what I had asked you. I, I think that the Team Golden Boy, which is the promoter of Canelo, uh, purposely waited um, for uh, Triple G to, to age a bit. I, 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 I'm convinced of it. Um, Canelo wanted this fight. I mean, let's, let's, let's make sure we all understand that. The, the two fighters wanted this fight when we all wanted it. You know, um, I think that's when Golden Boy uh, took Canelo aside and said, listen, you're a young fighter. You got uh, you're a huge following. Uh, you're going to be a big star. Don't rush for this fight right now let's wait, let's build up some more, uh, uh, you know, fame and fortune, let's make sure you're the A side, and oh, by the way, while we're waiting, Triple G is going to be getting older, and don't forget, Canelo, you're only in your early 20s, and, uh, you know, Triple G is, is, is older, and no one knows that routine and what your body goes through better than Oscar De La Hoya. I mean, Oscar De La Hoya, you know, experience this firsthand from both sides, you know, from when he was a young fighter and when he was, you know, trying to challenge himself as an older fighter. So I I really believe that this was part of the plan. I I don't think that they were ever going to try to duck Triple G. I just think that they waited until the time was right. And I do agree that the last two fights, uh, you know, Triple G hasn't looked that great. And I think that uh, Oscar De La Hoya and Canelo said, hey, it's time. And you know what else? It's time for a break. So hold that thought, and uh, I will be back to get your thoughts, Sal, uh, in uh, about uh, two minutes. So don't go nowhere. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache.
0: Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face?
1: Thank you. Thank you. That's billycboxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at billycboxing.com. And we're back. You're listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. Uh, I was in the chat room, you know, and, and I know you guys uh, can get to a lot of uh, different places, uh, different chat rooms from the different places where available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm trying to. That's what I'm trying to spit out. Uh, but uh, my man, uh, Fat Apples, uh, he's in the uh, chat room. The one that we respond to is uh, up on BillyCBoxing.com. And, uh... He just, he, he's fairly new to the chat room and he just ruffled my feathers, you know. I, David Hay, not to not to even get off this subject, um, but David Hay, in my opinion, is a fraud. He, he always was a fraud. As a cruiserweight, he was a good cruiserweight until he had to fight Christoph Lodzarek. And what does he do? He moves up in the heavyweight division. Now, granted, he captured a world heavyweight title. I'll give him that. I don't think he beat uh, uh, Nikolai Valuev in that fight. I I thought it was a close fight. I think he won that fight um, because he stunned the big guy uh, and uh, won a a decision. I I don't think he won that fight uh, personally. But nonetheless, he won the title. Then, that whole episode with Klitschko, I mean, it just proved... And then his last fight... and, And my man, Fat Apples, is saying... Uh, you know, that he would beat uh, right now. He could beat, uh, you know, Jennings, Ortiz, uh, Wilder, uh, you know. I mean, come on. I I don't even think Wilder is that good. And there's no way that that David Hay beats any of those guys. He can't beat Ortiz. He can't beat uh, Bryant Jennings. Bryant Jennings is a good fighter. Uh, Dillian White, I don't even think he beats White or Parker, like he's suggesting. Uh, Listen, David Hay is a fraud. And, and that's all I'm going to say. I I don't know, Sal. you, you don't you don't really follow uh, David Hay much. I mean, you you were up on the uh, on that whole fiasco with Klitschko. But wh- what do you think? You, his last fight, he he fought a, a a puffed up light heavyweight who was a cruiserweight champ, and uh, he lost. He got knocked out.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not a big fan of David Hay, yet. and I think that uh, you know he stretched and elongated a lot of his career and. Uh, as uh, as much as he can, and I, I give him credit for that. And uh, you know, if it's going to be a point in the career where he work around the uh, the issue, so uh, um, I, I I do agree with you on that. But uh, you know, I want to give him that opportunity, chance to to get in the ring, and uh, show us really what he does have, if he does have that at all.
1: Um, back to uh, what I really want to talk about, the Triple G-Canelo fight. And before we went to break, I, I had disagreed with you. I, I think that they purposely waited in hopes that Triple G was going to uh, age a little bit. And I, and I do think he did. And I do think that Canelo uh, will benefit. I, I, I think Canelo, because of the, the, the weight, I think when you look, and, and as much as I've dissected this fight I have to be, and, and I'm a fan of both fighters. Let, let's let's make that perfectly clear. I am a fan of both fighters, um, but I, I honestly believe that Canelo um, will benefit from the you know the weight. I think he has gotten better. Uh, he's still ridiculously in his prime. Um, and Triple G, uh, you know maybe he just wasn't up for the other fights uh, or whatever, but he clearly has not looked that great, even going back to the Willie Monroe fight. I mean, he stopped Willie Monroe, but Willie Monroe was uh, uh, getting to him, at least uh, making him look ordinary. Uh, and prior to that point he was just destroying people. Uh, I, I, I honestly think Father Time, it, it was either this, Sal either father time is slowly creeping up on Triple G or Triple G was losing interest. It could be either one. Could be either one. And I do want to concur with
0: you on the fact that, yeah, boxing is a business. And when you have a top commodity as a world champion or a top prospect, you're going to run it like a business. So, yes, I agree with you on the fact that Camp De La Hoya this was part of the whole game plan and approach and strategy to uh, make this happen eventually after a long period of time and not right away. And I remember on several shows years ago, we would talk about it and I would tell you, or I would express my, my thoughts to the audience that I do believe in my heart of hearts that Canelo Alvarez was ready. He wanted to fight Triple G. And I said then it wasn't him supporting the fight. I thought it was the promotion and the uh, the management team of Canelo Alvarez that was kind of making it difficult for them to get in the ring. And I agree with you 100% that that's what's happened over this period of time. I also want to say that if you want to look at Triple G, he does what he has to to win. And if you want to look at how good he's looked, I, I'll tell you what, the, the last time I thought Triple G looked good uh, was when he beat David Lemieux. And uh, uh, Triple G may not always look good, but he gets the job done. He's got some solid, solid weight behind those fists, and when they land, they break you. Just ask, uh, just ask Kel Brook what it did to his cheekbone or eye orbital bone, whatever it was. Just ask some of his other opponents. I mean, he fought some big guys. He fought some very top world class opposition. And if he didn't look stellar, if he didn't look like a fancy Dan Boxer and a, and a destroyer uh, in his punch, hey, guess what? He still did what he had to do to win. And that's what champions do. Now, I still think in my heart of heart, as much as I do appreciate, respect, and like both of these fighters, I really do. It's hard to really side and want one of them to be the victor out of this because I do appreciate both of them for who they are. But I do see... Triple G still finagling and winning and learning how to win and beat Canelo Alvarez over this this fight in this fight. Uh, it may not be pretty. It may not be exactly what we want to see. But I still think he will come out the champion and will win this fight.
1: See, now, now I, I think that this fight is going to end up being exactly what we want to see. And I think it is going to be a pretty fight, meaning that um, you know it, it's going to be uh, uh, an exciting fight. I think this fight oh, yeah. clearly will be a fight that will be remembered uh, for years and years to come. It may even end up being one of those all-time great matchups that people talk about forever. Um, you know, I, I really believe it. I, I can't see this fight not being a memorable fight. I can't see it because the way the two fighters are, you know, their personas alone, and then when you sprinkle in the talent level of both of these guys, you know, unless... I can't see this fight being anticlimactic at all. I mean, we wanted to see Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather for five years, maybe even six, and when we finally got it, the anticipation was there, We all were excited. I I mean, there was no question that everybody that bought that fight was expecting to see a fight of the century, and it was anticlimactic. The only memorable thing is that Floyd won, and Manny made excuses. That's it. I can't even remember around, you know, I mean, it was just a snooze fest fight. And then to suggest that Manny won the fight afterwards with all of his fans saying, oh, Manny won, you know, come on, you know, I, listen, no one hates Floyd Mayweather as much as me, but he won that fight. There's no question. It wasn't even close. You know, Floyd Mayweather (laughs) won the fight, but my point has nothing to do with who won or lost that fight. My point is, is that that fight turned out to be anticlimactic and this fight. Triple G against Canelo will not be anti-climatic. I, there's no way it'll be anti I don't think so, Sal. Um, but I do still strongly believe that uh, Oscar De La Hoya convinced um, Canelo to wait. And I do think that by waiting will help him. Will it help him win? I don't know yet. I'm not giving you my prediction yet. But I think it's definitely going to make it more interesting than it would have been.
0: I agree with you. I think it's, it's, I think, you know, so that's what I was referring to when I said early on, you know, how, uh, no matter how we looked at it past, present or future, this fight's going to happen. And I think it's going to happen at the right time when it was supposed to be, it could have been a year and a half ago, could have been two years ago, but it's now. And I think both fighters will be in their peak. And I wasn't suggesting that it's going to not be good. I just suggested that I think Canelo Alvarez and triple G still think that Triple G will be the winner in the end, and he may not do it in a pretty fashion, but it will be a good fight. Um, I, think, uh, I think that uh, it's going to be an ebb and flow. I think both fighters are going to bring their A game. They have to. And, uh, you know, when we talk about the three most impressive rounds in the middleweight division between Tommy Hearns and, and Marvin Hagler, we can recall it almost punch for punch. Recall uh, Sugar Ray Leonard and Marvin Hagler. We recall all
1: the great middleweight fights that. I do believe. Now, hopefully. Yeah, you better get some tin. You better put some tin foil on your head because you're breaking up there in Area 51. Okay. But, right. uh, but, you. but, but you know, I, I tell you another fight. You know, we 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 showed it uh, to all of our uh, people that came uh, for our get together. Uh, the and, and that was, you know, for anybody out there that, you know, believed like I used to believe that the best three rounds, uh, the best live boxing I ever witnessed was uh, uh, Hagler Hearns, the best three rounds I've ever seen in my life until Sal and I did uh, Billy C's Boxing <laughs> Revisited and we watched Gene Fulmer fight Kenny, Benny Kid Perrett, and that fight went 10 rounds of Action like Marvin Hagler versus Tommy Hearns. I mean, it was nonstop. Remember watching that fight? The first round was like, oh my god, there's no feeling out round, and then it just kept going and going and going. It was it was great. It was great. But uh, anyway, oh, no, hey, you're so funny. Those
0: you know, those those ten rounds were 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 the three, uh, uh, three, uh, three times to that that fight. You saw the Hagler Hearns fight throughout that whole fight.
1: No, I know. Hey, uh, we're going to take a short break, uh, and Sal and I will be back uh, in about two minutes. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache.
0: Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I
1: hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. now back to Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com And we're back. You're listening and watching. The Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, Speaking of us, I'm here with uh, Sal Rocky Senacola who's uh, still without power down in St. Simons and you know, I just noticed a comment by uh, Coach in the chat room claiming that, uh, you know, he heard that uh, there's no rematch clause in this fight, which I, I, I can't see that. I That would be the stupidest. I, I wonder who would put that in because a rematch is advantageous to both fighters. You know, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is uh, Triple G is going in there with the belts, although Canelo is swearing that, uh, you know, he's the linear champion. Uh, because he was never lost it in the ring, he was stripped of his title, and he's also the Ring Magazine, which incidentally is owned by Golden Boy. Um, you know, he's their champion. So, so the truth of the matter is, is who wouldn't want a rematch? Close that—that sounds ridiculous to me. I don't know if I believe that, Sal. You know, I I definitely
0: can't see from both camps. I think that would be an oversight, to say the least or uh not even a shortcoming on both teams to not have a rematch clause in that contract cuz it would benefit each fighter you know
1: i know i mean that that's you know? my, that, that's my point i think that uh i agree i you know a rematch is uh, uh 100% uh beneficial um you know uh, for both fighters but i got some quotes you want to hear some quotes I can't wait. I want to hear some quotes. Canelo Alvarez, who's labeled as the linear and Ring Ring Magazine world middleweight champion. And and just so everyone knows, in case you don't know, uh, Golden Boy uh, owns the Ring Magazine. So, uh, you know, uh, just take that for what it's worth. (laughs) Uh, He says, I know what I have in front of me. I know he's a strong fighter. He's the most dangerous opponent of my career. But I'm ready for him and what's next to come. That's why we're prepared. And we're going to give the fans a beautiful fight. This fight's for you. This fight's for all the fans who have been asking for it. We know uh, that in fights, it takes two to tango. I'm ready. And you know what you'll get from me. Let's just hope he brings it as well. He says, I'm excited and happy that the fight's almost here. I've been focused, like always, with my training uh, during this camp. I'm going to do whatever and use whatever I need to be one step ahead of Triple G in the ring without a doubt when our fight happens this weekend we will be this will be one of the great fights in the history of boxing Triple G will definitely bring out the best in me this is a quote from Canelo um, you know I, no nonsense quotes i mean uh, you know it's yeah. one of the things i love about canelo i mean he does seem a little pompous at times uh, um, in negotiations but i don't think that's him uh, I think, um, you know, I think that's the the, the people around him uh, telling, advising him uh, what to be and, and do. But I think deep down, this guy's legit. And I think that he does want to prove he's the best the way great fighters do inside the ring. You know, he doesn't want to run. He doesn't want to hide. He wants to he wants to fight. And that's what boxing is about. Um, in my opinion, you know, the great fighters fight, you know, it, it's It's like a Geico commercial. It's what they do. Fighters fight. You know, it's what they do. You know, cats ignore people. It's what they do. You know, but uh, what did you think of his quotes?
0: I thought it was manly enough to say, hey, you know what? That was nobody else speaking but him. And, uh, you know, I I give him credit. I liked what he had to say. And there was no nonsense. It was right to the point. And like I said, this guy's got the mindset. He's a champion. So... He's gonna challenge his uh, skill set and uh you know, which is the same thing you're gonna see from Triple G. So that's why this fight is gonna be a hell of a fight and a great one for all of us to witness and see. Now, now t- I like this quote. I like what he had to say. I like where his head's at and I like uh I like what the persona is that he's trying to relate.
1: Uh Triple G had some quotes too. Uh, He says, uh, this wasn't like Canelo uh, wasn't being ready. He says, it was Golden Boy not being ready. We have been talking about this fight for three years now. Finally, Canelo and Golden Boy are ready for the fight. First step to history. Everyone will remember this fight. It's the biggest fight of all. He says, this is more than a fight. It's a real Mexican fight. Abel brings a Mexican style to me. I love fighting Mexican style. I love Mexican food, and I eat it every day. I love Mexican tradition. I'm surrounded by it. I have many Mexican friends. I have Mexican blood. Seriously, just one punch changes a fight, a life, just one punch. Canelo has power. He has speed. He knows me. I know him. My My team has plan A, B, C, and D, and his team has the same. He's ready for short distance, long distance, a decision. I don't know. Who lands the big first punch? It's not a fight. This is going to be a war. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I believe that with him too. I think that Triple G uh, has been waiting for this opportunity. Now, whether he was forced to wait too long, like I suggested earlier, uh, that's yet to be seen. But the truth of the matter is, is I think that he wants this fight just as bad as Canelo. And I I just, this fight will not be anticlimactic. We're going to get what we want in this fight. Anthony Joshua versus Vladimir Klitschko so far has been my fight of the year because of the significance it had uh, and the division it was fought in, of course. Uh, But this fight coming up Saturday may surpass it, Sal.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I mean, I love the Klitschko-Joshua fight and uh, for all it was and uh, and what it represented. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you, Bill, we've been talking about this fight for three years, so I am so excited. And this, this fight, to me, will be the fight of the year. If it, it's, it's, it's on paper and if it has anything or manifests itself in any way, shape, or form of what I think it really could grow to be. Uh, I think this fight's going to be
1: uh, a hell of a fight. I ha- and, uh, yeah. I have one more quote. I have one more quote. Good. And and I've glanced through this quote. I hope you're sitting down because you're going to love this quote as much as I do. And okay. this quote, um, it says it all for me. And I know it's going to say it all for you. I it shouldn't be speaking for you, but I, I know you're going to agree. And and one thing I want to mention that this is the exact hang-up. People always ask me, you know, what's your, what's your problem, man? Why do you why do you dislike Mayweather so much? And, and it's the same reason I dislike fighters that pound their chest after, you know, beating up a cupcake and saying they're the best. I believe that boxing has a tradition. And I believe that all of the fighters that have come before the fighters today, and I'm talking about the the, the warriors of yesteryear, what they paid, the price they paid to bring boxing to where it's at, I feel that if you're going to be in the ranks with all-time greats, you got to do great things. And doing great things, basically, this quote sums it up. And Now, this quote is from Abel Sanchez. This is Triple G's trainer. Now, rarely, when you guys hear me do quotes, there's quotes that you very rarely hear me give. And that's quotes from promoters and managers and trainers. And the reason why is because they're always rah-rah in their guy. And promoters are trying to sell tickets. You know, managers are trying to sell their guy. Trainers are trying to tell you how great they did of job training their fighter. But in this particular case, this quote hits home so much that I feel I have to read it. And here it is. This is Abel Sanchez. He says, and I quote, I have trained a lot of fighters, a lot, but I have never worked with one who was avoided more than Triple G. The special fighters accept challenges or dare to step up and make the challenge. It's the measure of a man. It's the difference between good and great. Ali stepped up against Liston. Leonard stepped up against Hagler. Holyfield stepped up against Tyson. These are fights and fighters that will always be remembered because they dared to be tested at the highest level regardless of the risk. Now, at least, we have Triple G against Canelo, a real Mexican fight. I give Canelo credit because he has always wanted this fight. I'm relieved that his promoter finally had the confidence to make it. Um, I I get chills listening to that quote because I couldn't have said it better myself. And the truth wow. of the matter is, is that it's true. You know, you can dodge it and, and, and sugarcoat it any way you want about fighters that didn't step up for a challenge or go beyond, uh, you know, their what people think they can do and fight the bigger guy or whatever. Chocolito this past weekend showed that he uh, stepped up, fought a guy way too big both times, you know. He lost. He came up on a losing end. But that's not going to be forgotten. People are going to remember that. You know, even in losing bids, when you make a challenge, your stock rises. I think Abel Sanchez hit it on the head uh, with this particular thing. It's been my gripe. You know, I was never a humongous Sugar Ray uh, Leonard fan uh, until, and I was a big Hagler fan. And when he fought Hagler, how could you not respect him? I was never a big Holyfield fan. When he fought Tyson, how could you not respect him? You know, I was a huge Sonny Liston fan. You know, how can you not respect, uh, you know, Ali at the time who was Cassius Clay, you know, challenging him? You know, I mean, it's what the sport's about. And uh, I, I love this quote. Sal, what do you think?
0: I think it was phenomenal. I think that is definitely, you just look at the substance in that quote and uh, the heart, the passion, the sincerity of that quote. It summed it up, Bill. This is it. This is exactly uh, what boxing, what fighting, what rising to the occasion and having the the man versus man and battle it to the end, uh, and there's going to be one winner's hand raised up. i I mean, it sums it all up sums it all up that was a great quote by abel sanchez and i commend him on that and you know what you can't make quotes up like that you got to say it from the heart and that's what he did
1: you know uh this fight that we're going to be watching this weekend um you know i i hope that you know the the, the last uh, circus that we all watched what made it so successful um, and, and I, uh, the exact pay-per-view numbers for uh, McGregor Mayweather haven't been released yet, but I'm sure it's, it's going to be very good. Uh, but what made it so successful was the fact that non-diehard boxing fans watched it. As a matter of fact, I think more non-combat sports fans even watched it because of the, the hype and stuff like that. So they did well. Um, and then, of course, the MMA... Uh, crowd, you know, that crossover. I hope that some of these fans that are not boxing fans, that may be just, you know, the water cooler on Monday morning kind of sports talk guy or gal um, that, you know, reads the headlines or, or flips through the channels and, and picks up some scores or whatever, I hope they tune in because this is one of those fights that I think should be attracting. All viewers, not just diehard boxing fans. And to be honest with you, Sal, I'm a little concerned about that. You know, yes, we in the boxing community all are looking forward to this fight. We all want this fight. Um, we've uh, been waiting for this fight, et cetera, et cetera. But I wonder if the non-boxing fan is even on the, if this fight's even on their radar. You know, yes, it's getting some attention on, on, you know, ESPN, so to speak, but nowhere's near the attention that McGregor Mayweather got. Um, You know, it's not TMZ news, you know. Um, Do you think that we will be getting some crossover fans that aren't diehard boxing fans that will be tuning into this fight, that will buy this fight?
0: Yeah, I do. I do on this level. I think that, you know, we did – See a lot of the crossover fans with the uh, Mayweather Conor McGregor fight and you you had the, the the pool was open for everybody to jump in and uh, they did. They took it and they enjoyed it and I think you're going to see from some of the boxing fans that might have been uh, palling around or buddy buddy with some of these other guys that came in from the MMA arena world uh, saying hey another big fight uh, a real fight, and uh, if you like the the McGregor Mayweather fight, you're going to like this. So I, I think you're going to see the the um, unsung hero kind of thing, where you're going to see some of these fans crossing over, not as much, but uh, I do think you'll you'll definitely get some that that want to relive some of the excitement that they felt they saw with the uh, Mayweather McGregor fight. Um, it does also question why has not how, why hasn't this fight been promoted uh, and and uh, talked about as much as the Conor McGregor Mayweather fight because uh this certainly is is the real deal that you want to see as a boxing fan and as any competitive competitive sports fan I think you'd want to see this fight anyway so I think the the invitation is there for the masses to uh to take and I, I hope that we do get some of those uh, casual fans, some of the uh, cooler Kool Aid fans or Cooler fans, and uh, some of the MMA fans crossing over to watch this fight again. So we'll see.
1: I think it's been promoted well from a boxing perspective. Uh, yeah. But, but as far as you know, uh, outside the boxing world, I, I agree. You know, um, it's a shame. But uh, hey, speaking of boxing. Uh, another big fight is coming up in October uh, I mentioned uh, Anthony Joshua before and he's gonna be taking on his mandatory for the IBF, Kubat pulov and a lot of people think that pulov has got a shot um, as a matter of fact we had a comment on one of the uh, one of the places where we have comments that says Pulov will win this fight um I don't know I've saw I've seen Pulov live uh, and uh, I, I, don't, I don't think so but uh we'll have to wait and see but uh, Anthony Joshua feels that he has to knock out Pulov um, because he feels that uh, you know it's he just came off a knockout win over over uh, Klitschko. He feels that if he doesn't knock out Pulov, he's going to be criticized. He says he's got no problem getting up for this fight. Uh, you know, despite there's so many bigger uh, uh, fish to fry down the road for him. Uh, you know, he said uh, it, it's not going to be a problem for me to get up. For this fight uh you know despite stopping Klitschko in front of 90,000 people um he says uh it won't be a problem to get energized again uh, I'm a young man and I'm far from looking I'm far from looking to finish what I'm building and another quote that I enjoy Sal because you know the one thing I admire about Anthony Joshua is yeah he's a young guy but he seems like he's grounded. It seems like he's he, he does listen to the people around him. At least, at least it seems like the people around him are telling him the right things, and he is listening. Um, what's your thoughts?
0: No, I think so. I think he's a gentleman, uh, not just because of his accent. I think that he legitimately is a sportsman. That's a term we haven't heard too many times in the last uh, couple of years. He's a sportsman he's a gentleman and a sportsman and he's a combatant. I think he is uh great for boxing. I think he's great for the heavyweight division and I think uh I think he is probably one of the gr- best ones out there today. Uh is he unbeatable? No. I think I think he could be stopped or, or I think he could be beaten. Uh I just don't know by who. Uh I think he's going to have a good reign as a heavyweight champion. Uh I think he could probably lose a fight and regain a fight, or regain a title. Uh I think that's just the kind of character kind of uh, he is. I don't think uh I don't think he's unbeatable. And like I said, I think some of the things he had with Klitschko, some of those points there I think might have exposed uh his opponents, uh, and him to some of his opponents' idea that, hey, I can carry this guy, I can I can out uh condition this guy, I can do this, I just gotta avoid these punches. I think he's going to be a, uh, pretty much a destroyer, but I think he also will have his night of uh, defeat.
1: You know, the thing I love about Anthony Joshua is that he's an athletic. He's a monster, but he's athletic. Yeah. And I, I think that he's technically sound, you know, so, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, before I take a break here and get everybody caught up with uh, – the uh, NFL, uh, Monday Night Football, uh, kickoff the season. They usually have two games, and they had two games last night. Um, the Vikings, the first game was the Vikings against the Saints. Second game, Broncos against the Chargers. Well, the Vikings came out on top 29-19 to in uh, what was a pretty exciting game. I, I, I actually stayed up and watched most of it. Um, Sam Bradford, the, uh, the quarterback for the Vikings, who, if you recall, uh, was uh, – Uh, picked up last year uh, after their uh, starting quarterback uh, uh, got hurt and it looks like he may even have suffered a career-ending injury. Uh, Sam Bradford uh, uh, had a great game. uh, 32 attempts 27 completions for 346 yards and 3 TDs uh, throwing touchdowns to guys that uh, were considered a makeshift receiver core and they look pretty damn good. Uh, Rookie uh, Dalvin Cook Uh, He impressed me as well. 22 carries, 127 yards for the rookie. Uh, A guy that dropped all the way to the second round uh, early on was projected a first-round pick, and uh, the Vikings uh, got him. I think they got a steal with uh, Dalvin Cook. Uh, If he can stay healthy, this guy is going to make all the difference. Interesting enough, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Saints uh, looked good at times, uh, but failed to uh, come up and win. They lost twenty-nine, uh, nineteen. Now the second game, and and by the way, Peterson, uh, uh, Peterson was uh, Adrian Peterson was the uh, uh, running back for the uh, Vikings for years and years, and ended up playing for the Saints. And you know they were showing some camera shots of him bugging the coach to get put in. Um, I think that's a problem with Adrian Peterson. I, I you know he needs to be that. Uh, team. You know, like I used to tell the kids when I coached, there's no I in team, people, you know, and I think somebody needs to tell Peterson <laughs> that. Uh, the second game, the uh, Denver Broncos uh, topped the Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers. That sounds so weird. Sounds uh, weird. You know, they're supposed to be in San Diego and and uh, it's, uh, it's a shame that they, they, they bolted, no pun intended, uh, on uh, the fan base in San Diego. But the Broncos came on and tapped 24-21. Uh, Trevor uh, Siminian, the quarterback, who was also uh, – Broncos were wondering who their quarterback was going to be. He was uh, uh, 17 of 28, pa- uh, 28 attempts uh, for 219 yards and a couple of TDs. And uh, C.J. Anderson led the way on the ground, 20 carries for 81 yards uh, in that game, which I personally did not watch. But uh, the Vikings-Saints uh, game I did. It was a great game. That closed out the uh, NFL uh, for week number one. Uh, so uh, kind of an interesting week. Uh, you know, we, we know a couple of things uh, about some of the teams. Uh, we know one thing for sure. The J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 suck, suck, suck. So, yeah. Uh, uh, they couldn't even beat a Pop Warner team. But, hey, Sal, let's take a break. And when we come back, I got some emails to read. And we'll even open up the phone lines because we could take a phone caller with you on the phone because you're on the phone. And we could take a phone <laughs> caller and put him on the phone. So we could do all of that. Uh, so that's coming up in uh, about uh, two minutes. We'll be right back. Part of the Billy C. Boxing Network. Check out billycboxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache.
0: Oh, that hurts. <laughs> Why are you doing? That's my face. I hate you. I hate you.
1: <laughs> That's billycboxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to BillyC Billy Interact with the show at billycboxing.com. And we're back. I think a little early. I don't know what happened to that, that commercial block seemed uh, awfully quick. I I don't know. Uh, that one day, they kept looping around. I'm going, man, this is a hell of a long commercial break. And then this time, it's like, well, I'm back already? What happened? I mean, it must have been the wrong button, Sal. must be Hurricane uh, whatever they're calling her now, right?
0: Maybe. I'll tell you what, Bill. This is the first... Uh first two mornings I haven't had any coffee with the show and with me period I'm I don't know how I feel about that you know we we have no water no palatable water we have no uh in fact I just went to my refrigerator which is lukewarm and I had three choices I had a beer some water and some coconut water Mm. and uh I don't want to tell you
1: what I opted for. Yeah, well, I tell you, none of them sound too good except for the water, but lukewarm. I don't know. Um, (laughs) That's the one I got. uh, We got some emails. And uh, by the way, the phone line, uh, we'll take some callers, 845 228 8710. Uh, You will uh, be put on hold. So, you know, you'll answer, you'll hear us talking or whatever. uh, So you'll know you're on. But uh, we'll come to you once you're on. Uh, 845-228-8710. Uh, this one's from my man, Jesse. And he says, Hey, Billy C. and Sal, uh, I saw the video where Broner punches a man just minding his own business. Why is he not in jail? I saw that security was talking to him after the incident, but then they just let him go. He should be in jail and there should be charges on him. I agree. I, I you know, maybe they're they're waiting to get evidence. I, I don't know, but he, he should have been arrested, Sal.
0: I'll oh. tell you it's just a sad display of uh of talent and uh i i i agree if if he broke the law and did it so uh with such content he should be in
1: jail if he broke the law, the law won oh no, that's a different song but uh anyway, i got uh, another question from uh uh my man uh jesse he says uh uh Billy, can you explain? how the CompuStats work. Ooh, that's a good one. He says, for example, the David... Now, now uh, that's right. I remember reading uh, uh, Jesse's email yesterday. He was uh, pretty ticked off about um, the uh, Benavidez versus Gravel fight. Uh, he says, uh, like, for example, the David versus Gravel bout, uh I did not see Gravel active enough. I mean, David fa- David's face was clean. Uh, When CompuBox says punches thrown, 38 landed 6, what happens to the other 32 punches? Do they count? I know it's subject, uh, how it works, but let's say it's true, and they land only 6. Can we really give boxers credit for those 6 punches landed? I think I heard a trainer say you have to throw 100 and land 70. 40 punches are legit, damaging punches 30. Our stay busy punches to set up the damaging Punches and the rest are just air Punches is that considered a realistic Goal um, For a fighter I like For myself to stay busy I'm a stay busy puncher and I see Fighters highly active throwing punches I saw Greville not throwing enough And not landing significantly uh, Damaging punches he was tired And throwing light punches I don't know What people saw uh, in a, a supposed close fight um, all right, le- let me explain how punch stat works and why I am so against it, to be honest with you. Um, I-, I believe it's a good topic of discussion, you know, after the fight. I'm totally against when they're talking about punch stats during the fight. He landed so many such-and-such such punches in that last round, etc., cetera, et cetera. Now, the way it works is you have two got generally two guys, uh, ringside, and they each have a laptop with a program. Now, what you're supposed to accept as fact, and this is where my whole problem comes in, is that it's their subjectivity of a punch landing and how they score it. So they're counting the punches. and And if it lands, now, as long as it lands... And it lands, you know, cleanly. They're dividing punches into two categories. A, uh, a jab or a power punch. That's it. So if you throw a jab and it lands and it's a pitter-pat punch, and if you're using it to set up a power shot later, it counts as a landed punch. It was a jab. It landed. It counted. If you're throwing a, uh, any other punch that's not a jab they consider it a power punch. So if it lands, it's counted, okay? Now here's where my problem lies. When you're fight, when you're watching a fight and let's say it's Manny Pacquiao for example in his prime. The guy had blazing hand speed. I find it very difficult to pay attention to counting how many punches are actually being thrown. And then seeing what landed, and oh, by the way, you have to hit the right key on the keyboard to record that punch. It doesn't make sense that the accuracy is there. Um, It is cool to to go back and, and talk about it. Now, when they're looking at 38 punches thrown, six landed. In their opinion, 38 punches were thrown, and only six punches got landed that's where the, the stat would be. It would be six punches landed at a 38, and whatever that percentage is would be the percentage of punches landed. That's a subjective opinion. You know, I could be watching the same fight from the same location and feel that 12 punches landed out of the 38 thrown, and that stat would be significantly higher percentage-wise. So it's a subjective issue. Now, if we took punch stats and they went back and and redid them after every fight and looked at it frame by frame and actually scored it that way, I would think that they're real statistics. Or if you took the human element out of it, meaning the guy with the laptop, if there was a way to to count the punches, I would refer to it as a true statistic. And like I've said many times, in the sport of baseball— You get up 10 times, you get five hits, you're batting 500. It's a statistic. I just was reading the NFL. Guy runs uh, uh, for five yards 10 times. You know, he's got 10 carries for five yards. That's 50 yards, five yards a carry. You know, that's a statistic, cut and dry. You know, boxing is not like that. And, you know, it's cool to talk about the stats after the fight. Oh, he landed, you know, 60% of punches, whatever. That's a great discussion. But when it comes to true statistics, to be calling a fight, to be a commentator for the fight, and Jim Lampley is one of the worst there are out there, that will refer to a round after the punch stats are submitted. He'll say, so-and-so won the round, here's the stats, and he bases his opinion on those punch stats. So basically, he's looking for the guys that are counting punches to make his own opinion. It's, it''s it's very hard to to try to look at these as true statistics. and unfortunately a lot of younger fans Sal all think it's it's uh, it's a true statistic like a, like a baseball or football statistic.
0: Well, you said it just perfectly. I mean everybody thinks it's predicated on a fact it's just predicated on one's opinion and the, the facts are, are you know hard to really see and, and, and relate and And be on the same page because there's it, it's again it's a subject to an opinion, yeah,
1: it's uh it's definitely subjective, so I hope that explained it for you a little bit, Jesse. he says one more uh, question he says, uh what's next for Kanat Islam? is he ready for a top twenty or top ten fighter? How about possible fights against uh Soro of the two uh, uh Tony Harrison or Colke Jack Holke or Tony Harrison would be good fights. I do think that Islam. Uh, is ready and, and when you say top 20 or top 10 you know that's a that's another skewed statement because the way the sanctioning bodies work uh a top 10 fighter uh, anybody could be a top 10 fighter in somebody's sanctioning body you know a true top 20 you know computer ranking uh yeah he's ready for a true top 10 uh true top 20 but for somebody's uh sanctioning rankings yeah he's ready for a top 10 i like tony harrison or jack okay uh uh for his next fight i I like those two good good idea uh jess um got another email uh this one's from uh our man joel sal he says uh uh hey billy c i wish i could watch you guys live this morning uh but i have to uh go get a checkup in the city and i won't be able to watch but i will Uh, watch the replay and we'll be in the chat room and watching live tomorrow thank you he says but i have a question for you today anyway he says i was wondering what your and south's thoughts were on hbo announcing kovalev's return fight in november uh which is the 25th against v sabranowski he says do you think this is the right opponent to return uh against for kovalev i would have liked a tougher challenge somebody like Sullivan Barrera. I believe both are promoted by main events, so it could have been an easy fight to make. However, I'm sure they're trying to position Barrera for a world title shot for his next fight. Um, I don't know. Uh, what's your thoughts on uh, on Shebransky? Uh Do you think that that was the right pick for uh, uh, Kovalev coming off of his uh, knockout loss to Andre Ward?
0: You know, I I don't know what to say, I because you know, I I was so unimpressed with Kovalev in that last Andre Ward fight. Not taking away from Andre Ward because he did exactly what he was supposed to do, but uh, you know, the Andre Ward and uh, Kovalev fight, that uh, the first fight was uh, was was what I was hoping to see in the second fight and uh, I just didn't see it, I didn't see Kovalev really having that intensity that fire that passion and uh that that the belief ability that he's there to fight to win uh I saw him quit, I saw him uh uh come up short, and uh you know once I see that in a fighter, I have a hard time rebranding him and reselling him as a as a favorite going into any fight, so if he's looking for lesser of an opposition than Andre Ward. He may have found it in this opponent, uh, and maybe it's what he needs to get back some confidence and get back some, uh, some, uh, some kind of string he wants to put together for some wins. I don't know.
1: I think Shobranski's a, a good opponent for him, honestly. I think, a good I think uh, I think Sullivan Barrera and Shabransky are kind of equal, you know. I mean, Barrera has had some good fights and he's had, you know, he's, he's come up short a couple of times, you know, so, um. I think uh, I, I, for Kovalev, I, I'm with you with Kovalev. I, I I'm just as disappointed in Kovalev quitting as you were. Um, you know, I, uh, I, you know, for a guy that ta- and he t- was talking smack. Remember, I mean, he was he was talking oh, about a lot of smack. I he was. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so so uh, yeah, uh, you know, I, I think it's gonna take. You know, to be honest with you, Sal, some fighters it takes a fight or two to get back into the mix, I think it's going to take a while for, for Kovalev. I think Kovalev made a big mistake talking smack and the fact that he didn't come right after and, and try to uh, uh, take out Ward. I, I, I think that him looking at the referee for help and trying to cry about low blows and all those things that he did, um, he was just looking for a way out. I don't think he was prepared. And then to suggest that it was the trainer's fault? Nah. I You know, I I... I, in my opinion, Kovalev's got—he's uh, got a lot of explaining to do, Lucy. You know, so he
0: does. And like I said, from now on, he's my B side. He's not—he's uh, not the Kovalev that he was going into the fight. So I—I—I uh, uh, I, I think you know, he, Kovalev now is going to be more of a stepping stone for these other fighters to uh, to beat and to move up. So uh, we'll see. Because I—I I mean, he's a great fighter. He can win. He could do this. But, like, for all the reasons you just mentioned, he quit. He was looking for some help there. And, uh, I, I, once I see that in a fighter, I mean, it's like if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's got to be a duck, right?
1: No. That's what so, I thought. Uh,
0: I, I, I I'm not going to give him my, uh, my, uh, my, uh, good feelings here right now.
1: Uh, he says, uh, lastly, what do you and South think HB will do and needs to do? for their boxing division now that they seem to have a smaller budget and the loss of Top Rank to ESPN. I'm hoping they show different divisions and continue to bring in fighters that the American fans don't know much about to bring back a draw to their network. Um you know, first of all, Top Rank may have signed a deal with ESPN, but the one thing Top Rank has always done is they don't close all the doors. They might have little feuds here and there, but if a fight was big enough, I don't think that they would uh, hesitate to go to HBO. HBO has seemingly tightened up their pocketbook uh, a bit. But you know, I also believe that um, they they do try to make the best fights. And I still think from that perspective, HBO is on top. Uh, Showtime has more fights. Uh, more fights are on the Showtime network. But the quality of those fights sometimes aren't that great, although we have been treated some to some good ones. I like the competition between the networks, Sal, because what that tells me is that, you know, as long as the fighters are willing to fight, you know, the big fights and, and not, you know, because w- what happens is a lot of these fighters want the big paydays, but they don't want the tough opponent, You're know, like you-know-who does, you know. So, I, I mean, the truth of the matter is they're all trying to copy that blueprint and, um, I think that that hurt the networks. Uh, they kind of jump in bed with one fighter, one big name, and hope that he can carry the, uh, the viewership. And I, I think that the fans are, are finally saying, no mas. And, um, I, you know, I, I hope that they continue focusing on making the best fights that they can. And I think the rest will fall in place. What do you think?
0: Well, I think you're right. And, and, uh, you know we see definitely some some uh good fights I, I mean i i love what hbo did this past weekend with uh showing off the uh 115 pounders i think that was a great showcase to show the young uh lighter talent and what it has in store uh so you know i think uh, i think as you just said they complement one another it's like uh it's like a comedy team or it's like any good team you know it's the Martin and Lewis. It's it's this and that. They, you know, they each are good on their own, but uh, when they work, uh, you know, uh, as as a team, they're competing competing against each other. It rises. It helps them rise to the occasion.
1: So I like it. Sort of like the Billy C and Sal, right?
0: Absolutely. There you go. Perfect example. Whoa, there you go. Hey.
1: There you go. <laughs> Uh, One more email. This one's from my man uh, Jeffrey. This is from my man Jeffrey from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. He says, hey, Billy C., I understand that Chocolito was nowhere near the pound-for-pound fighter we have come to expect. Possibly he did just age overnight, or more likely, uh, sometimes these undefeated fighters lose their mojo once their invincibility has been challenged. Which is a great point. I, I think Good point. I, I think that uh, I was thinking that. I, I thought that um, because of the look on his face, but uh, but let me read the rest. He says, personally, I honestly felt that after the first fight, although Chocolito found his way back with his overall boxing skill, he was way over his head in, sheer, in the sheer size difference. Now, you, you made this point yesterday. He says, I know many fighters have moved up several weight classes, but much like Manny's last fight, they finally run into fighters that are too big and powerful, even immense skill and boxing smarts can't overcome. Chuck Lito was much smaller than his opponent, and I believe physically he couldn't handle the power along with not carrying his own power to hurt his opponent. Unlike many fighters, I'm not willing to write off this extremely talented, uh, I'm sorry, unlike many others, I am not willing to write off this extremely talented fighter after this loss. First, I'm never a big fan of going right back in against a fighter that had given you problems. Why not fight another opponent in between to get your mindset right and confidence level up? Second, there's no harm in admitting uh, that uh, uh, you've gone uh, a weight too far. I say Chocolita's management should get him back down a weight class, and his first opponent should be should pack a little less of a punch. Let's see what happens, but if he moves back down, I believe he will get back to a championship level. My biggest worry is his mental state. Guys like Duran and Hearns overcame these huge letdowns mentally and remained very confident in their skill set and power. I'm looking forward to this week uh, going into the Canelo-Triple-G fight, and I'll be tuned in immediately following the fight to listen to the Uh Billy C, Triple-G, Canelo post-fight show. Have a great rest of the week. Um, Thank you for the email, Jeff. And it's a good one, um, and I appreciate uh, the time uh, you took in this. And, you know, I, I, I agree and I disagree. I, I think that, I have, first of all, I totally agree with the size difference. I think that he had gone up uh, a little too much too quick. I blame that on his management and maybe the possibility of enticement with money. I mean, if you'd go up and wait, you know, you can make more money, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the damage has been done. And I also s- strongly agree about the uh, invincibility uh, being challenged after his loss. I think that did weigh heavily on uh, Chocolito. Uh, but uh, I think more importantly, he was in there too big uh, with a you know guy that was too big, and he was punished. And you know, I said this on the show yesterday. I just saw, I saw something in his face, even during his warm up when they had the cameras on him in the dressing room. That something was missing, and I and I don't know if it's the desire, the drive, or whatever, uh, but something's missing. And for these smaller weight classes, thirty years old is like forty years old, you know. And you know he he may have uh, already aged in front of us in the previous fight, and it just was more apparent in this fight. Uh, as far as going down a weight class and and being easing back into it, you know, when you reach a high level like Chocolito has and it would be the same thing as what we said to Andre Ward and even even Floyd Mayweather for, for that much when you uh, you know reach a certain level of success and then all of a sudden you you retract you go back down a level people are very critical of you and myself included and Chocolito uh, although he does have the weight class uh, to go by if he did move down in weight I don't think just a tune-up fight would be that well accepted from, uh, from the fight community I think that moving down in weight and then fighting uh, you know an upper level guy maybe, maybe an elimination fight for another belt would be the only way but personally I, I, I think Chuck Lito should consider hanging him up I, I see a fighter that's on the verge of, of getting hurt what's your thoughts on the email Sal
0: I thought I thought Jeff was right on across the board and uh, uh, I thought it was a great email and uh, I, what I kind of suggested yesterday was that Chocolito was over his head and uh, he should move down to a lower weight class and then he should get a, a fight to get his confidence back up and uh, that's because that's like I said he, he went out uh, with two consecutive losses and I think him coming up with a, a you know the the game plan of going back to a lower weight class, maybe getting a tune-up fight, and then going back to, to the top to dog or top crown there and and regain a the title there. I think that's what he needs to do if he wants to sustain a level success and he wants to continue boxing. Now, if he just wants to walk away and, and roll in the sunset, he he can do that. But I think Billy, really, I think he's going to look in the mirror. I think he's going to still want to fight. I think he's going to definitely want to come back, and I, 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 as Jeff suggested, I think he's going to do so by getting into the lower weight class and then getting an opponent. I think that's what he's going to do. Yeah, I
1: think uh, I think you make a good point. Uh, maybe I'm being a little hard on him, I, you know, in terms of not getting a a so-called tune-up fight. Um, you know, uh, maybe uh, maybe a tune-up fight. Uh, you know, off the off the uh, you know out of the limelight type of a thing. Uh, would be uh, what he needs, you know, and then come back, uh, you know, on a major network and, and fight a, an elimination fight or even a, another title fight. So, yeah, I, uh, I think that sounds uh, reasonable and it sounds like a smart approach. But, um, you know, something that Jeff touched on, I, you know, I don't think his management was looking out for him too much to begin with if they kept, you know, having to move up in weight. Now, we do admit that the, those lower weight classes are only separated by three pounds, four pounds, whatever. So I mean moving up isn't that great, but he definitely looked smaller uh in the ring. I mean substantially smaller. I mean he remember he started out as a minimum weight.
0: Well, he did, and and, and that's the whole thing. Again, these weight classes and these day before weigh ins are so misleading. I mean, this guy coming into the fight could have probably been been fifteen, twenty pounds heavier. Uh you just have that ability, especially at the lighter weights, to regain and resaturate and re uh, regroup with twenty four hours. So I I think, you know, like I said, I'm uh, I'm a big fan of having the same day weigh ins and as you suggested, these weight classes and the lower weights are only three, four, five pound division. And, you know, they, <laughs> you could do that in a day, Billy. I mean I, I, I've uh, I, I I think it just takes discipline. It takes exact fact of what you want to do and where you want to be and you know what he could easily uh, go down to the next lower weight class uh, get a tune-up fight and if it's in his heart of hearts to continue fighting then he should do so I don't think his management served him well in uh, giving him the opportunity or belief that he can go go up and become a champion I think after his first fight it was a big lesson and after the second fight, it definitely is saying, hey, you want to continue and fight, lose five pounds, go down to where you're comfortable, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see what you can do in your next fight. That's it.
1: Uh, he just showed signs of a guy that... Yeah, he did. You know, uh, should be considering a health approach, you know?
0: Well, uh, and, and Bill, you're right. And like I said, if, if we all, during our fighting career, consider our health approach you know i did that and 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 i walked away at the peak of my career at 28 years of age and, and i did so because i wanted to have the kind of life uh, without any shortcomings or any any second guesses and you know i i do uh, sometimes regret walking away uh at that time uh and then and i think of myself would i trade it off for some of my peers that that are maybe not uh not as good shape today as I, I I don't know if I would do that. That's why I always say the prize has to be worth the price. And when you're caught up on the level that he's at and you're looking at the prize and worth the price and the invisibility and all the things that are short term ready to come your way, it's a very, very highly hard thing to deal with on that level because you know he's 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 only one fight away from greatness again. And and that's the test. That's the tease. You're six months, you're one month, you're you're you're, you're right there. And uh it, it's hard to walk away because when you do, you know, it's a, it, it's like a you know, I, I hate to use analogies. You know I you you hate me when I use analogies. But it's like in a movie in Goodfellas when uh, uh um Henry Hill at the end of Goodfellas when he, was in the secret, when he was in the witness protection program. And, you know, he's saying, hey, I, I wanted a marinara, sauce, this, I got tomato, and ke- I got ketchup and uh, the egg noodles. And, you know, my life is just like another, boom, I'm just another schmuck, whatever he said he was. Well, guess what? When the fight game's over and you're used to being on that, that fire, you're used to walking on those hot coals, you're used to that fine line, you're used to putting it all out there. And then when you, you're like a Ferrari, you're training, you're in camp, you're revved up, you're anticipating competition, you're there. And then guess what? When you pull that trigger, you retire. Bam! It's done. It's gone. The car stopped. The show stopped. It's nothing. Then you've got to try and fill that void with something productive and something that you can really feel the gold and feel that anticipation, feel that, that energy, that fire, that same passion. And it's hard for a lot of these fighters to trade that off. And find. that's why they stay around so long.
1: Yeah, sometimes they stay around too long, you know. And uh, it's uh, it's it's dangerous. And that's my point. It is with, dangerous. Yeah, that's my point with Roman uh, Gonzalez. I mean, the, the thing is, 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 if you don't have the desire and the burning desire. Uh, you start to make mistakes and you can't make little mistakes in 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 football or baseball you know mistake means you get struck out you struck out or you miss the you know you miss a uh, making that turn in that double player in football you're a receiver you know excuse me you you miss that re- reception or you you're, you overthrow the, the the receiver you know uh you drop the ball as a running back you know you, you make you know the wrong read you know as you're losing interest but in boxing you know, you you have a slight uh, lack of interest, and next thing you know, you you could find yourself, uh, you know, uh, not being able to uh, walk anymore, you know, because you you were knocked out and landed on your head. I, I don't know, I don't know. No, you
0: you're one hundred percent right, Bill, and and that's why when you said several
1: months ago, you know,
0: I think you hit it right on the head. They should take a fighter. And they should look at his MRI, MRA, brain scan, CAT scan, whatever you want to call it. And they should have it documented when he first got his license and where it was. And on an annual basis, he should sit with the neurologist. And they should look at it and just compare it. And if you start to see the, the shadows or the atrophy of the brain taking place or any leakage of the brain occurring or things like that, those are indicators that say, hey, guess what, pal? You're on this path. You already broke the seal. It's only going to get worse from here. If you continue in this course, this is what you could expect a little later on. If you have a consultation with a physician that takes the time and that can comparatively uh, give you an analysis of, of looking at pictures, you know what? You may find a fighter or two that says, you know what? I'm going to give it another year. I'm going to give it another two years. I'm going to give it another six months. Or I'm going to have one more fight. I'm going to say, or well, you know what? Maybe I'll just walk away now. I think that's the only way everybody can make a well-educated decision, predicated on fact, not predicated on on uh, opinion.
1: No, listen. I I agree, and and it's not even you know some commissions require yearly or th- every three years or whatever head scan. Um, but, but the most important one is the first one So that the doctors can do a comparison And, and I, that, that was my idea from a long time ago And, and uh, you know, the powers that be don't want to do it Because of the expense But, uh, hey, one other thing I wanted to add You know, this fight coming up Triple G and uh, Canelo A lot of parallels with these two guys um, Obviously the age isn't one of them uh, Because uh, Canelo is eight years younger um, but, but, you know, w- when I'm looking at these fights and even though, um, you know, Canelo actually has 14 more fights than uh, Triple G, when I, when I analyze the fights and I look at the fights and the fighters, they both uh, – now, now, in all due respect, Saul Canelo Alvarez has fought 11 what I call top opposition fighters. And he went ten and one because he lost to Floyd Mayweather. When you look at Triple G, he too has fought ten upper level opponents and won all ten. So, so when you look at these two guys, you know their careers and the total number of fights. In uh, in Canelo's case, it's fifty one, and Triple G's case, it's thirty seven. They both have ten fights, ten wins against upper level, uh, you know, opposition. I think that says a lot. Um, I would like to see guys with thirty fights, or you know, in in Triple G's case, he's got thirty-seven. Canelo's got a, a fifty-one. I would have liked to have seen him fight more uh, than than ten or eleven top opposition uh, opponents, but um, at least they're on uh, they're even. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, they are, and, and as you we were suggesting, you know, I think Canelo Alvarez has fought more rounds. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, a hundred and eighty-one more rounds.
0: A hundred and eighty-one more rounds could be somewhat of a career for a fighter, another career. Uh, and and you know, let me tell you something. Don't think that that doesn't take its wear and tear somewhere on your body or your mind. So, well, like we like, like we I had said. said,
1: like we had said though, Sal. Remember, Triple G had a very uh, long amateur career. You know, before he yeah. turned pro, I, I think he had uh, close to three hundred amateur fights. So. I mean, uh, and Canelo, Canelo didn't have that many. Uh, he turned pro very quickly at a young age. So, um,
0: they do so in in Mexico. They, in fact, they, they're developing as they start out professionally because they, they have maybe one
1: or two or a couple, of, uh,
0: Mexi- uh, little amateur fights in Mexico. And then they, uh, they seem to turn pro very young, uh, and they develop in those early years, uh, which Canelo did. Um, but, yeah, Triple G had a, a, a very extensive amateur career and a stellar amateur career. So, I mean, both these uh, both these guys, they, they're, they're evenly matched on a lot of levels, not just separated by the years. I think they both have the experience. They both have some war, wear and tear, but they both have uh, the knowledge, the ability, the heart, and the passion of fire to believe that they are the best. And that's why I think they're going to give us the best Saturday night, and it's going to be a great fight.
1: And don't forget, Sal Canelo, out. great point, because they do develop their skill set early on in Mexico, and in his fifth pro fight, he got a draw. And by the way, the fight against uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather was a majority decision loss. So, you know, and and a lot of uh, people forget that. They look at the fight as saying, oh, he lost to Mayweather, and, you know, it was a pretty damn close fight. So, uh, anyway. Hey, listen, uh, we're going to... Look forward to tomorrow. Uh, Our blast from the past is on uh, Winky Wright, Ronald Winky Wright, as per uh, requested by you guys. Uh, If you want to request a blast from the past, just drop me an email. Just like any other thing, if you have a question, comment, or concern, if you take the time to write me an email, I'll take the time to read it. Just send it to Billy at Talking Boxing. That's T A L K I N B O X I N G dot. We also scheduled to have uh, Larry Hazard on the show tomorrow, and uh, we certainly hope that we get you back 100%, Sal, because I'm sure the uh, viewers are sick of just looking at my face.
0: <laughs> Don't sell yourself short, Bill. They love your face, man. That's the face. That's the face, of Billy C. Talk Show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: It's a face, all right. Jeez, it's a face. that uh, Now I know why tigers eat their young, you know, but uh, anyway. That's funny. Hey, listen, we want uh, you guys to make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, ciao, baby. (laughs)